عشان بس تعرف ها عشان بس تعرف ها Welcome to it. Welcome to it. Did you just point at me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what just, what just happened? Welcome to it. Welcome to it. It is 12 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, so you guys know what time it is. It is time for Talk That Talk. I am your host, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson, in studio to my left. Why does it keep doing that? In studio to my left, my guy, <laughs> De- shut up. My guy, Deontay Duna Hagler. What's the deal, Duna? What's going on, man? Hey, you know why I keep playing? Because it says run it back. I needed to run relax. it back. I needed to relax. That's what I needed to do, if nothing else. It's, it's like the Lakers. Uh, on again. Good thing we don't have no basketball talk on the on the ledger right oh, now. Okay, I just had to make sure, you know. Cause <laughs> you want to start and see? No, we're not doing. Hey, that. no, we ain't got to start that, man. You know? Cause I was about to say I had a, a lot to say about that, but I'm not gonna do it. Uh, Let's go ahead and uh, introduce so the show as always. Scar beef. <laughs> no, 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 no. I doubt it. We are in an interesting spot for LeBron's career, though. I will say LeBron is in a position for the first time in his career where LeBron can literally go the full 48 minutes and not touch the ball in terms of being the point guard. Absolutely. He has two people that literally can do that the entire game. He doesn't have to touch the ball if he doesn't want to. Hey, we're going to see a Miami LeBron again. This is going to be interesting to see. But aside from that, I think it's best to let you guys know. Shout out to you guys if you guys are watching this on Twitch. Uh, as I said before, before we fully launch this thing, we're we're giving it a try, and I think so far we like Twitch, so this is probably where we're going to go ahead and uh, move everything over to. But let me, in case this is your first episode, let me go ahead and let all of you guys know that Talk That Talk radio show records twice weekly from the beautiful Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. We're actually inside of the clubhouse as we speak. We're looking at the Jacksonville Jaguars and Dallas Cowboys lock horns right now. It's about nine and a half left in the third quarter. But this Superbook used to be the largest in the world for nearly 50 years. This hotel was the largest in the world for nearly a decade. If you guys want to see what Westgate is about, please come visit us at 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. I was waiting for you to finish it, but you're all good. I I was, but I I had another another thought process. What happened? What what hit you? What hit you? What what we got? Peace McNuggets. Hey man, that's Giannis what they need. Is, you know what I'm saying? They Giannis need a they need a Giannis shirt that say a fifty piece McNugget. McNugget. And I you know what, Duna? We're gonna have to talk. Write hey, that down. Man. Hey, hey. Write that down. Hold on. Let me write that down and we'll talk after the show. Um <laughs> Yeah, we're we're definitely gonna talk about that. Hey man. Uh you got a pen? I need I a pen. Do. Yeah, I do actually. Me a pen. I do actually take that. As always, in case you guys are unfamiliar with how this show rocks, we're gonna open it up as always with my mom's tip in. 
I'm gonna get a little personal this particular time around only because her tip in kind of suggests so. Uh, sometimes you will never know the true value of a moment until it becomes a memory. So I'm gonna say that one more time. Sometimes you will never know the true value of a moment until it becomes a memory. Now, I wanna say once again on a public platform to my mother, I love you, I love you so much. Um, yesterday, we laid my grandparents to rest in Texas. Um, we were originally supposed to pod last night. That's kind of why that didn't happen. Um, I told my guy it's more important. That's way more important than the pod. So, I mean, I'm sending I, my condolences and, and my love and, and prayers to the family as always. We appreciate it most definitely. Trust me, trust me. Um, sir. It was one of those things to where I, I kind of just let the the day take course and take shape how it did. And I realized by the time I was done with that, I was like, yeah, I don't want to do anything else. <laughs> like, I don't really want to. I don't want to do. I don't want to expend too much energy really doing anything else at this present moment. So that's kind of what um, we ended up doing. I guess we'll see if we pod tonight. We have second doses of COVID shots going around. So uh, we'll see. That's another topic yeah we'll see about that so obviously the podcast topic list is kind of shifting a little bit but uh we will be bringing that to you guys as soon as we can um where did i want to go where did i want to go with this i think that was it for the most part for right now so let's hop right into it i'm looking over here in the clubhouse and we got aside from preseason football on the screen and i don't think i want to do this countdown but i'm gonna do it for as long as it resonates inside of me this is our second sunday with live football no, you still you always gotta do that countdown. I'm just gonna wait because none of these games matter yet. And I was super hyped about a Cleveland Brown New York Giant game last week. And now I'm watching the Jacksonville Jaguars beat up on the Cowboys. And I'm pretty sure if this was the regular season, my dad would be going through something at the house, but he's not. <laughs> so I think in that regard, I don't have to worry about this game too much. But we do have the Raiders playing at one o'clock. We'll get to that a little later in the show. Oh, you know what else you got? What else we got? You got me for a full week. You coming back on Wednesday? Oh, I thought you about to to be like a week and a half. Wait a minute. (laughs) Nah, nah. I did Wednesday and Sunday. How do you feel about that? It was your first Wednesday show, and now you're here on your regular Sunday show. I feel good. I feel like I'm actually part of the team. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't feel like it when you wasn't away? Or when when you was away? Yeah, I didn't feel like it when I was away. I was like, dang, I'm doing all this work at my job, and I'm forgot my team. <laughs> my team needs me. Hey, man, duty calls, life calls. Speaking of that, Salim Dweck, our Florida man fact checker, our show producer, is not in studio today. Uh, that's his back-to-back shows, and I think that may be the first time that Salim has ever done that. Man. Uh, missing back-to-back shows, so shout out to Mr. Dweck. Shout out to Salim. I think he's actually working as we speak. All, um, these, all these accolades. I mean, hey, man, we're, we're, trying, to, we're trying to build something here, and – Obviously, it is going to take a collective effort to do so. And I think we're doing that as a unit, so I'm not too worried about it. Trust me when I tell you. Uh, But as usual, it seems like every Saturday we get combat sports action. And usually we can credit the UFC for that, and that's exactly what we can do for – or we can do it again exactly for last night. What we saw last night, last night was the finale for the Ultimate Fighter. Now, have you been watching this? Yes. Not in the slightest. Nah, not, no. 
So you watched a little bit of it? Yeah. Okay, so that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't think you watched it at all. So did anybody stand out to you? Any of the episodes that you caught? Maybe like... If you can remember a name, that's a bonus. But did anybody stand out to you? Not really. No? Because I, I got to get, I got to like fully get into it. You got to watch it. Yeah, I got to fully like get into it and not just like catch glimpses of it. And that's catch that's it on it. the humbug. Yeah. That's the only thing is like I got to fully like sit there and be like, okay, I'm watching now. The thing was it came on every Tuesday and I followed it for the most part. I think I watched, I missed one Tuesday episode and had to watch in the middle of the week. Uh, aside from that, I've watched this entire time. Now, it was middleweights and bantamweights. So, you got 135-pounders and 185-pounders. And on day one, watching the beginning of it, watching a pilot show, I'm watching it. I don't even think pilot is the right word. Pilot is when you're, like, literally pitching a show. So, let me not say pilot. The se- the season opener. I looked at a middleweight, and I said, Treshawn Gore. He looks like he should have been in the UFC already. So, I looked at him on day one and said, okay, this is who I'm paying attention to. On the other side, I actually like Mitch Raposo. And he fought in the first fight, and he lost his first fight. Well, his only fight. And I said, all right, well, that pick went out the window. And then I looked at Treshawn Gore, and I said, he's not going anywhere. I would love to see anybody in this house beat him. Now, fast forward to last night, Treshawn Gore had actually made the tough enough, or excuse me, the tough final Against Brian Battle, somebody who I actually also grew to like on the show, but by the second week, I think I was mentioning his name. Treshawn Gore couldn't make it to the bout due to injury. So his UFC dream is still unfulfilled. He will have to await a call. I believe he'll get a call by making it to the tough final. I believe he'll eventually get a call probably in a replacement situation, which doesn't put him at the advantage or the best position in his All UFC right. debut. But we'll see how the UFC handles it. But let me go ahead and get to who did make it to the tough uh, finale. So I did want to highlight Treshawn Gore first. Now, Ricky Tercios, if you would have watched the season of The Ultimate Fighter, Ricky Tercios would have most definitely made in a, a lasting image inside of your head. If there was ever a comedy, high action, kung fu movie today, I want Ricky Tercios to star in it. I'm very serious about it. Because he's so... <laughs> He's he's very, very spiritual. I'll say that. But he's very matter of fact. But it's almost like everything that he does is movie-esque. And the best part about it, I don't think he intends for it to be. He literally says, it's the UFC. It's the ultimate proving ground. It's my martial arts style. 
against your martial arts style. That sounds like a damn movie trailer. I'm sitting here watching this kid fight like fam. It, sound, it definitely sounds. I don't like know if he's gonna win, but the UFC needs to grab onto this attention and keep this kid. It definitely bring in the money and the viewership. Not to sound like that, but bantamweights. If you're an avid UFC watcher, you're you understand what the bantamweight division is. If you're not an avid UFC watcher. You're looking at 90% of the Bantamweights like fam. Who are these people? Let's be honest. You look at Jose Aldo and be like, oh, okay. I know, all right. I know him. And that's not even his natural weight class. So for me, I'm looking at Ricky Tercios, who made the tough finale last night, and he's fighting Brady Heaston, who is, I believe, 22 years old. Has a bright future ahead. However, for me, even in the fights that I saw on the Ultimate Fighter, the two fights that he won, he overextends himself sometimes. And even though he did beat two veterans, two guys with experience, I said, for some reason, and I'm not rooting against him, I felt like his age was going to come into play and he wasn't going to win the Ultimate Fighter. I felt like he would eventually come back. But I wasn't sure he would win the ultimate fighter. When I tell you last night's fight was the ultimate stand-up versus wrestling war. Brady Heastan secured six takedowns. However, Ricky Tercios dominated on the feet. The first judge gave a 28, or excuse me, a 29-28 decision to Ricky Tercios. The second one gave a 29-28 decision to Brady Heaston. The third judge gave a 29-28 decision to Ricky Tercios, making him the winner of the Ultimate Fighter for Bantamweights. So, as I said before, this is way too early to talk about what's next for these Ultimate Fighter winners, but I will say Ricky Tercios is a name that you guys will hear I'm not sure in terms of championship contendership right now, but in terms of marketability, you are going to hear the name of Ricky Tercios. Um, so now let's get to the middleweight one. The middleweight, Brian Battle, ended up taking on Gilbert Urbina, who lost to Treshawn Gore in the semifinals to get to the, to the tough finale. So he was brought back due to injury to Treshawn Gore, and – I'll be honest, he nearly finished Brian Battle. Nearly finished him, but as you guys already know in mixed martial arts, a near finish isn't a finish. Brian Battle was able to come back and secure a rear naked choke in the second round to become the ultimate fighter for 185 pounds. So both ultimate fighters were crowned last night, Ricky Tercios, along with Brian Battle. Shout out to Treshawn Gore, Brady Heastan, and Gilbert Urbina for all being participants in the in the finale there were a couple of other fighters as well who participated in the house um and even one who was brought into the house who participated on the card so shout out to the ufc shout out to everybody i'm a little upset that you didn't get the chance to watch it but we will get to something that i, I know you're gonna have a lot of opinions on but before we do that let's talk about the main event from last night from the tough finale giga chikaze 
against Edson Barbosa. I will be honest, I went into this fight, and two fights ago, I believe it was, I watched Giga appear to, I'm not going to say disrespect his opponent, but he appeared to believe that he could get his opponent out of there in the first round. When it didn't happen, I sensed some fatigue issues. Since then, he's dominated. Even then, it was a win. Since then, he's dominated Cub Swanson, and now he had this bout against Edson Barbosa, who is no doubt a legend in mixed martial arts. And I'll be honest, man. Giga made Edson Barbosa look like light work. And then after the fight, called out perhaps the greatest featherweight (laughs) of all time that we've seen. He called out Max Holloway. That's going to be, I think that fight, I'm going to go in favor of Max, even though. I don't think I'm ever betting against Max. That's a great, that's a terrible call out, but that's a great opponent to have a call out for, if, if that makes sense. It does, but for what it's worth, too, I believe he said that he uh, – I guess somebody asked uh, asked Max um, about Giga and said uh, said something about him, and he said, yeah, I heard about this Giga guy. I heard, like, he kicks – like, he kicks you. Like, he kicks a lot. And Giga's response was, I don't just kick. I kick the shit out of you. <laughs> I'll be honest, man. I'm probably one of the biggest Max stands that you'll ever meet. I liked it. I liked the call out. That's the way that you. That's the way that you shoot for the top. You you do it, and it's a great. You said my name, and you didn't even say my last name. Yeah, you're right. I do kick. Yeah, I kick pretty damn hard. You want to come find out? I like it. (laughs) I hey man, you gotta have that confidence, but don't go into a fight. You know, already panicking. You know, like what's his next move? What's his move gonna be? I know he's gonna kick, and then you're always looking for that kick, and then you get hit with a. A nice chicken combo with a one-two piece. <laughs> I, I will say this, man. Max Holloway, uh, the fight, the first fight against Alexander Volkanovsky, no comment. Like, I mean, Max was stalemated. Like, I think Max would even tell you he was stalemated. I don't know exactly what transpired in that fight, but it didn't look good. Um, following that fight, Volkanovsky versus Holloway 2, I think he won that fight. And I think he got robbed of it. So to see him come back and have a fight against Calvin Cater, I'll be honest, man, Calvin Cater is a killer. And I was worried about the way that that fight would pan out and the way that people would begin to, t- to speak about Max. His legacy is, c- is cemented. But I was worried about the way people were going to speak about him going forward. And Max put on probably performance of the year. Maybe next to Rose Nama Yunus with, with uh, Zhang Wei Li. Maybe put on performance of the year against Calvin Cater. Beat him up. A 5-4 round. Was listening to the commentary and responding back to him. It's not very many times you see that. So, absolutely, I like the call out. But I've seen Max do some, do some horrible things in that ring. That one loss on Brian Ortega's record, who's fighting Alexander Volkanovsky for the featherweight title. Go back and watch this fight with Max Holloway. 
that's why I say I'm, I'm my bet is for Max. I'm not going against Max. That's a smart bet. <laughs> I'm, that's not smart going, bet. I'm not going against Max. Gig is the like, real deal, but I'm not. That, that's against like going against Michael. That's like betting against Michael Jordan. Did you go that far? I went that far. I think the only person that I would probably compare to Michael Jordan in terms of this sport. First of all, I don't know if there is a Michael Jordan in this sport. I don't think so either. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if there is. But the closest one that I'm going with is John Jones. I'm not betting against John Jones. That's probably the That's one that I'm just not doing. I'm, on bet against. I'm not doing. But for this call out, I'm definitely not. You betting against Kamaru Usman? Oh, man. The, the one thing about Kamaru Usman that I will say is kind of in his favor and kind of dangerous. I've seen Kamaru get rocked by Gilbert Burns. I've seen Kamaru get rocked by uh, Kobe Covington. And a lot of his fights are kind of like iffy. If he's not pure dominating, it's not a, it's not, it's not really a good fight for him. Um, the thing that I will say, those two fights that I just mentioned with Gilbert Burns and Kobe Covington, he finished both of those fights. So the Kobe Covington, I will say that fight had me kind of on the edge. Like I don't know what these judges may say. I'm leaning in favor of Kamaru, but I'm not sure. And then in the fifth round, he got the stoppage. They're fighting again coming up, UFC 268. I'm excited to see what that looks like. Um, uh, see. But, yeah, man, I mean, it, something to be said and about a champion who's who's been tested. And that's also another person that you can't really go against. But at the same time, you can. All right. And it, I'm and done. Right, I'm done after this. Max Holloway, everybody we just named, Max Holloway, John Jones, and now, why am I blanking on the name? Uh, we did, Kamaru Usman. Yeah, Kamaru Usman. Which one are you betting against first? Kamaru. I think my answer is Kamaru too, and that's weird. And we've watched, <laughs> and we've watched Max Holloway lose before. Like we watched Max Holloway lose back to back fights, and we both just said Kamaru Usman. Kamaru. I feel like it's we're gonna. I feel like we're gonna apologize for this on a public platform eventually. Eventually, I feel someday. like we're absolutely gonna apologize for this. I don't know. Maybe um, I might not apologize. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right, we'll see. <laughs> we shall see. You gotta give respect where it's due, or hey, give credit true. where it's due. I say. But I got this paper in front of me. Of course, it's some betting numbers from the beautiful Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. So I want to talk about this briefly. Mainly because this is part of my dad's tip-in as well, so we can address his tip-in right now. I didn't even look at it today, but let's see what it looks like. Hey, man, is it about – I like your dad's tip-ins. Not, no discredit to your mom's. Your mom's tip-ins are great, and they're valuable. Your dad's tip-ins are about the, like, the little sports and the little Always. drama. Always, which is why we start with hers, and my dad's will, will filter into yeah, the show. Yeah, I, I like your dad. Those, those, those tip-ins is great. I need to text my dad and be like, I need some tip-ins. Low-key? You better go figure it out. <laughs> better go tell him which segment you want and better go <laughs> carve one out. Uh, Grandma, I need daily tips, <laughs> too. <laughs> now, we need recipes. Um, the, closer it <laughs> the closer it gets to this uh, Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley fight, the more excited I get. I have already talked about my disappointments, excuse me, in Willie's recent MMA performances, and I've been waiting for him to bounce back. Hopefully this is it. Of course, <laughs> we are seeing the usual hype build up to the fight, but this one is really seeming to get personal. Either that or the really great actor. After the situation with Paul's entourage and Willie's mom, oh, to the, te okay, yeah, so there we go. My dad's doing a, a spectrum here. So after the situation with uh, Jake Paul's entourage and Tyra Willie's mom, all the way to the scheduled tattoo after this fight, this should be a fun night. And once again, 
I'm hoping for a Willie turnaround. Can he once again become the chosen one? So let's get let's get right into it, Dad. Uh, I'm gonna hop on Instagram Live real quick while I answer your question. Um, so let's discuss it real quick. I want to have some fun with it. Let's do um, it. <laughs> I I like it. It's intense, but I just really think there's one person that's taking it in intensely because they've been fighting for so long, and then there's another person who's doing. Hollywood style, hmm. and to me, it's kind of like you're there for the views. You're there for the. He's no doubt there for the views. <laughs> like, like you're definitely there just for the 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 fame of it. And you're finna fight against a legit fighter. Do you consider Ben asking a legit fighter? No. Ben Askren got better performances in the UFC than CM Punk. Shout out to CM Punk. CM Punk also is a WWE fighter. I'm just so saying. We're, we're just going to leave that there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. WWE is a lot of acting as well. So. <laughs> it's all acting. <laughs> so well, let me not say it's all acting. Let me not say that. It's not all acting, but it's not. Well, it's scripted, so it's, technically it's all acting. It's 98.9% <laughs> acting. It's not fake, but it's acting. Yeah. <laughs> like but I, they, I, it's acting. It's it's legitly just one person, legit going for the Hollywood, the the drama, the intense. So did you watch? The, let's the let's start at the top. Well, wouldn't be the top, but uh, my dad talked about it during the press conference. I'll be honest, and uh, this is what I don't like. Actually, let me not start there because my dad few, already mentioned it. I watched a few of their press conferences. No, it's not. It's not real. The WWE is not real. <laughs> um, you got people commenting saying that the WWE is real. The WWE is not real. The WWE um, is not real. Whoever said that, <laughs> you're fired. <laughs> no comment. What I will say is I want to start actually with the face-offs. Okay. Because during the face-off, if you watch the Showtime boxing face-off, Jake Paul – and this is – and I'm going to be honest, and let's just get right to the nitty-gritty – you guys know that I'm going to be myself at all times, and I'm going to surround my people, myself with people that understand that and aren't scared by that. So when I say this, in fact, <laughs> so when I say this, they may, there may be some people that are like, how can you say this? This is how. When they were doing a face-off, when they were doing a face-off, and Jake Paul kept saying, look at him. He's scared. He's timid. I see his heart pounding through his shirt, whatever the case may be. Tyron Woodley, I will give him credit for this. I have never really seen Tyron Woodley get angry until the situation with his mom. So that was beforehand. So the reason why I'm laughing at this now is because Jake Paul, when Tyron Woodley let him get all his stuff off, when Tyron Woodley simply responded, and this is the part that I hate and it bothers me. Jake Paul is a white male. Now, I'm not going to make the mistake of saying that every white person does this. But in situations where I'm with Alex, shout out to Jernigan and Alex White, and I encounter certain things, and I respond certain ways, it's because of things like this. What I don't like is Jake Paul getting all of his stuff off in the beginning, Tyron Willie responding, and Jake Paul saying, why are you so angry? 
Why are you so angry? Look at you. You're so angry. You're so gangster. Look at you. You're so angry. It's a dog whistle to call any person of color angry when you're not a person of color. So let's just address the elephant in the room because that's a dog whistle, and we know what he was doing. Now, I'm going to say, with all due disrespect, Tyron Willie should have slapped the hell out of him. Should have reached across that table and slapped him. I don't know what happens to the contract after that, but especially after what happened with his mother, I was he should have slapped say, him. He, he should have he should have went off. He should have stopped talking and he should have slapped and him. And he should have just went after him. And then the, another thing is the trainer. Jake Paul's trainer, you if you know what's going down, why don't you st- you, because you have, you have to, uh, I understand, I get it. They're there for the moment. They're we there for the is. moment. That's the reason. But at any time, if anybody disrespect my mama, bro, in front of me, fam, everybody in that, everybody in every single chair that didn't do nothing to stop it is getting it. When Tyron Woodley told him, and this is, and like I said, and this is not a threat, and I don't know how, and sometimes it can be literally used against a person as a threat. Absolutely. But for me, when Tyron Woodley, because especially when he kept saying that Tyron Woodley was scared and he was mad and all these different things, Tyron Woodley never really moved. When Tyron Woodley looked at him and said, hey, like, don't let it happen again, or I bet it won't happen again. When Jake Paul said it'll happen again, I sat there and I smiled because the first thing that went through my mind was exactly what Tyron said. He said, I get that you're doing this for, like, the fight world, quote, unquote, and, like, boxing. I'm telling you. Let it happen again. It won't be none of this. It's none of this boxing. It's none of this combat work. This, all of this sports is going out of the window, fam. And I'm As telling you now. As it should. They can consider it a threat. He can so hit. And again, let's let's address the other dog whistle in the room. When he said, "So what? Do you have a gang? Do you have a uh, do you have a gun on you? Do you have a knife on you? Why? Because it's your goal to anger people to want to hurt you to that degree." Because now you're giving me Kanye vibes. So now you're giving me vibes that you will run up to the Capitol building and set yourself on fire if it meant that you will be remembered. Jake Paul, you're disgusting. Like I say all the time when it comes to men, you got to stand for something. Jake Paul hasn't shown me that he stands for anything. You seen, you seen the interview of when he asked where he was from? No, yeah. yeah. He said during it, he said, where, where you're from, how many people dress like you? How many music videos have you watched? How many rap videos hey, have you studied? Every man said that. Because he had no words. He he can say whatever he wants in terms of in terms of being uh uh, uh what's the word um uh oh, I got what's the word tonight. oh a social media influencer he can say whatever he wants in terms of that we saw yesterday or whenever that showdown was that face off was he is not experienced in the art of trash talk no so what you're doing is you know that you're trying to push the envelope to just get people to react that's yeah. your only response you want people to react so like I said. So when people like this, and I've always paid attention to it, when you run the type of games that he run that he's running, I forgot the exact quote, but it's like if you're running for uh for um for if you're running stupid elections, or if you're running something stupid like it has to do with elections, it's that you might just get nominated or you might just get selected. Like I said before. I don't know, and I'm not wishing nothing, no harm on him. But the games that he's playing inside the ring, outside the ring, wherever he chooses to play these games, somebody's going to hurt him. I mean, we've seen it with Mayweather. 
And those are just his antics, not even his brothers. I said so what I'm, I said, and I'll leave hey, it at that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. At some point in time, he's going to pick. He's a, going to pick the wrong person, and at the wrong moment, he's going to do exactly what he was just doing. Yesterday, the day before, and he's going to get himself hurt. All I'm gonna say is I'm gonna say a couple things. It might actually and be the night, and this is kind of about the same person, but. You guys know we like to merge pop culture and, and sports here at Talk That Talk Media. I'm going to bring up DJ Vlad because I don't bring him up really ever else. I don't really like what he does. Now, DJ Vlad, or Jake Paul, I'm sure, is going to realize this as well. There are some people that do not care about what legal ramifications come with certain things. Uh, Rick Ross's team has slapped DJ Vlad. I don't even want to call him that. Have sla- has slapped that Vlad. And I would say allegedly, but he rapped about it. <laughs> because he paid him. So his whole thing was, it was worth it. That's fine. I don't mind doing that. Joe Budden has said, and I'll give him the allegedly, he has money put to the side for him to slap Vlad when he sees him. Like I said before, I get this, and I understand trying to pump a fight and everything else. Some things are not we, – we, we've Dustin Poirier said it. Dustin Poirier said if the UFC does not make a Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier three eventually later down the road, they're going to fight on the sidewalk. Oh. So they're going to fight again, so you yeah. might as well sanction it. The thing is, there's a way to do the trash talking. There's a way to do it. And I, like you said, he don't know how to do it. Fam. Like I said, he's, he's I not, didn't, I've hey, never hey. discredited him in terms of this. Like I said, in terms of boxing, he's not a box. He, he, he boxes. But the sport of boxing, he's not a boxer yet because he's, he's not in those playing. Like he's I not said, in those fields. It's, it's for now, YouTube. the kid can box. Period. Bottom line. As a person who loves boxing, I like seeing what he does sometimes. But you can't talk the way that you talk, and you're fighting basketball players, B. Five six, and then and then call out a football player who's six two. <laughs> Not the point. <laughs> Not the point. I don't think he would fight Miles Garrett anyway. That's number one. And he was talking <laughs> to Logan. Miles Garrett was talking to Logan. He well, wasn't I'm just talking saying, to Jay. I'm just saying, but even then, if, I don't if, think neither one of them would do it. Even one should should like you're you're fighting small people. Like you're, fi- you're five six. And that let's just address the elef- or let's address your tipping. Excuse me. Um. I said all of that to say I don't like Tyron Willis' chances. I do. And I haven't liked them. I do. He obviously has a puncher's chance. I like his chances more than Ben Askren. I expect – I anticipate Jake Paul to win. I'm if Jake Paul loses, great. I'm going with Willie, and this is why. You got to talk into the mic. Oh, you can hear me? Okay. Is my mic on? No, yeah, your mic is on. You just got to oh, talk okay. into it. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with Willie, bro. Um, in, in all aspects of, I like to call it, uh, when you poke that bear enough and that bear snaps, you know, there it is. you're going to feel that bear. Now he's been poking the bear and I think he definitely crossed the line when him and his, his team got into the altercation with Willie's mom. Now you've crossed the line. Now the bear is poked, but I also got to keep my composure right now. Cause I really want this fight to go down. And when Absolutely. that bell rings. That bear is coming out because of everything you just did and said. 
Now, I really need you to back it up. Now, I, if you can't back it up in this fight, I want to take it. I'm taking it off. I'm, I'm going to take your head off, your shoulders, because of what you just did. Two things that bothers me about that bother. Well, I guess one that bothers me and one that kind of gives me a little bit of hope, I guess. The thing that bothers me about that is I watched Tyron Woodley. We, we wanted to see that Tyron Woodley dog in mixed martial arts. We finally saw that Tyron Woodley dog against Vicente Luque. He rushed Vicente Luque. Probably rocked Vicente Luque. I'm going to say stunned him. And then Vicente Luque withstood the, the, the hailstorm, rocked him, and then finished him. Now, Vicente Luque isn't Jake Paul and vice versa. But the thing that does make me happy about that is I witnessed it during the Jake Paul Ben Askren fight, and I I felt like he was gonna do it, as so, and I think he did it to uh, Nate Robinson as well, and then Nate Robinson charged him. Jake Paul is usually first to the center of the octagon, so like I've said before, he studies clearly, he trains clearly, he spars clearly. I've already explained what my issues with him were. If Tyron Willie beats him to the center of the octagon, or excuse me, to the center of the ring, and exchanges and especially lands in those first couple of seconds of that fight, I just want to see what J- how Jake Paul re- responds. He said he could take a punch. Cool. I just want to see it. Let's see it. I need proof because I really, I might go. What's the? I- Let's talk about the odds. What's the odds? Let me see what the odds are. Jake Paul is minus 190 currently, and we are, of course, talking about the numbers here at the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. Jake Paul is minus 190, while Tyron Willie is plus 170. So the over-under on the rounds are three and a half. Of course Vegas does that to you. I I want to say four, but if it ended in three, I could see it. Man. This hey is a, man, we got a whole card tonight. Don't sleep on the cards. That's all I can say to you right there. I believe that that fight is Three scheduled for 8-10 currently. 8-10 p.m. We'll see uh, how it proceeds. But we got about 20 minutes left in this first hour. And, again, you guys are listening to Talk That Talk and or watching Talk That Talk radio show. Of course, this is our Sunday episode from the beautiful Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. Me and my guy, Duna, are inside the clubhouse right now. We're watching the the Cowboys get destroyed right now. I wish this game would go off so this Raider game can come on. Um, That, holla at me. I know you feel away. Um, Why y'all Cowboys fans? Anyway. Dad, if you want to answer that, you can. Um, He's going to send you a nice paragraph. Predictions (laughs) for the fight? You want to give me predictions real quick? Uh, For this one? Yes. Um, Before we move on? I'm going with Woodley for the win. What? How though? How and when? How and when? Knockout is how and when? Third. 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 I'm telling you, man. I really want Tyron Willie to win. Third. Third round. Knockout. What I'm used to. Chin check. In terms of this, especially combat sports, I've all I'm. I'm more inclined in combat sports to go with my analytical brain more than who I want as opposed to a team sport for various reasons. 
I see Jake Paul winning this fight. I can see maybe four or five rounds, maybe a TKO where the ref stops it. Uh, I can see Tyron Willie not going down. I could hell, I maybe even might even see the rematch in there because there is a rematch clause in there. Um, my dad already mentioned it. The interesting, uh, my dad even mentioned the interesting part. Um, the tattoo thing afterwards. I I don't see Tyron Willie getting that tattoo just because of his attitude. Um, like you said, Jake Paul is there for the views. So even if he loses, I can see him getting a tattoo because his yeah, people are gonna view it anyway. View it, gonna He's go. gonna get money. He's a YouTuber. Like, there's a there's a difference for me with sports. Okay, that's like me just being a straight YouTuber streamer about basketball. I don't play basketball if I'm a YouTube streamer. Because the love of the game is different, you know what I'm saying? True, but I mean so it's a little different if you actually training and practicing with if you if you in the open runs I with mean, actually NBA. It's same thing with Cole. You can say Cole isn't a, isn't a, a professional basketball player. The hell he's not. But, like but the offseason he's running with, with these players. He's running with the players, but look at it, he's not streaming it. You get what I'm That's saying? True. It's not it's not YouTube. It's not there for the views. He's actually trying to be a basketball player. I will say, and this is where I will give him a little credit, even though I don't want to give him much credit at all. I do believe Jake Paul, like I said, because I believe he studies and because I believe he trains, he and trains. because I think we don't see a lot of what Jake Paul does. I think we see a lot, but I don't think we see enough. No, I shouldn't say enough because I don't want to see more. I think that there's a lot behind the scenes that happens still. <laughs> like, I'm giving him credit. Like, I think the kid works hard. I do. I just think that he's trying to build too much off of this for a guy that's not fighting boxers. That's just me. That's another thing, too. That's that's why I have that, that stoppage. Like, you, you got big-headed about fighting Nate Robinson. I mean, for what it's worth, like I said, man, Tyron Willie, he said somebody with knockout power, and then he said somebody that didn't have knockout power during the face-offs. I don't know what he wants. I'll be honest with you. I'm not finna sit here and say that I can take a – Tyron Willie punch like when he's 190 pounds. However, I've never considered Tyron Willie a knockout puncher in mixed martial arts. He's had moments, no doubt. I've considered Tyron Willie an all-around fighter, a wrestler, somebody who can dominate you if need be, can stalemate whatever you want to do best. I never considered him a Francis Ngannou walking in there this fight is not going to last long. Nope. So I don't know what Jake Paul is hunting for, aside from the fact that he wanted to sell the fight, which it was going to sell anyway. But again, we'll see. My dad made a very good point of, it, of this, and I didn't even consider it. That rematch clause may be in there, and Tyron Woodley may benefit from that because he may get DQ'd <laughs> in this fight. <laughs> um, my dad brought up a very, very interesting point. He very well could get disqualified. And, yeah, I can see Tyron Woodley saying, I don't care. Don't care. Don't really care. Hey, like it was worth elbowing. Like I said, it was worth it. That you poke that bear, it's no, it's no longer, it's no, it's no longer by the rules, man. Well, for what it's worth, Conor McGregor started literally throwing hammer fists at the back of Floyd's head when they boxed. So hey, that's <laughs> that. Hey, and he's not a boxer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, hey, I do want to end this first hour by talking really quick about J.R. Smith because we talked about it on Wednesday. Uh, I'm hungry. And this is really weird 
because I'm normally never hungry when we record. And I don't know why this is. And I'm going to blame football season because I feel like I'm doing the show, but I feel like I'm kind of not because I'm really just sitting here watching this game as it unfolds. But I want to talk J.R. Smith while we have an opportunity to. Only because, and I, I stand by this, I can't do quote-unquote friends who, now, if Duna tells me he's not in the wrestling, I get it. Yeah. Now, if I tell Duna, hey, this is what happened on Raw Monday, Duna's going to look at me and be like, I don't really care. <laughs> now, <laughs> if I got tickets to WrestleMania, I expect Duna to be happy for me. Not that he cares, but because he knows I'm happy. Now, I say all of that to say this. Why does it genuinely bother so many people to see J.R. Smith on social media enjoying the college experience? This is something I said Wednesday because he is a former NBA player and a two-time champion. What does that mean? That That's exactly what that means to people. What, he should what not be enjoying college. He should be enjoying being a former pro basketball player. That's other people's mindsets. Okay, I'm all for players going back to school, get your education. I'm all about education. But that's how people see it. People see it as like you're J.R. Smith. Yes, why are you enrolled at NCANT. Why are you going to college to play golf when you can go play pro golf? In a Michael Jordan tournament. That's not pro golf. But I'm just saying, like, like not to say it like that, but it's, it's like he's going to the PGA Tour. Like, and for. Look it up for me. I'm pretty sure Joe Lewis was the first black man to ever play on the PGA Tour. If that's a fact, somebody needs to give me my damn gold medal. But, um. I'm Selena Day. Yeah, you definitely Selena Day. So, shout out to Mr. Dweck. So, the reason why I'm bringing that up. Type in Joe Lewis, PGA Tour, first black. Type in anything that has to do with that because that's where, where I'm getting at. J.R. Smith, and this is another thing that we, have, that we have an issue with. If J.R. Smith was to go straight to the PGA Tour, which, number one, let's come back to reality. Regardless of who J.R. Smith is, the PGA Tour does not need that attention. The P- and I'm not saying that he's bad attention. I mean that attention, meaning the attention of an athlete. They're not going to be the Basketball in Africa League where, unfortunately, where they needed Cole's presence to bring attention there. The PGA Tour and any golf, and it was Joe Lewis, and any golfing that's done, guess what? Their fan base is is cemented. With all due respect, if I had to put a number on it, let me be generous. 50% of that gener- of that demographic that watches golf faithfully is not going to watch because of J.R. Smith. They may stop watching because of J.R. Smith. Absolutely. If he was given the opportunity. Now, we saw Cole go to a professional league. Cole got a tryout with the Detroit Pistons. Didn't go because he heard everybody complaining about it. Chose to go to the Basketball and Africa League. People can still complain about that. J.R. Smith did not go the professional route. And this is what I cannot wrap my head around. J.R. Smith is a kid, at not now, but is a kid out of St. Benedict's Prep. 
in Jersey, makes it to the NBA, has a successful career, both time-wise, money-wise, and success-wise, gets out of that and opts to go to college. Period. Bottom line. End the story there. Like, what do I always tell people? Strip everything away from it. This is a kid who got the opportunity to do what he wanted to do. Let me switch sports. Let's talk about baseball. They draft people in high school all the time. You want to know why? I was in class with somebody with some or with somebody that got drafted. And I watched his reaction when he looked down at his phone because I looked down at my phone and looked at him. <laughs> and they, they have do. the opportunity to go straight and play for single-A ball and or rookie ball. Now, if a major league baseball player finished their career and went back to college, why do I feel like nobody would hear about it? Because nobody would care about it. Fam, I'm excited to see J.R. Smith tweet about his, tweet about his nutrition class. I did not follow J.R. Smith. After J.R. Smith started tweeting about school, guess who followed J.R. Smith? Because J.R. Smith needs all the encouragement that he can get. I've been following J.R. Smith. The hell is wrong with people? I don't. Hey, like, and man, this is the weirdest thing, too. J.R. Smith is not doing anything that's easy. We've watched people that aren't in school go back. And in, in college, we talk about it all the time. A lot of college teaching is unlearning what you learn. Yeah. And then some people are even quitting. They, they can't even make they it. They can't do it. They can't do it. Hey. So anytime I see J.R. Smith tweet about something that he learned in his nutrition class, I'm going to tweet about it and say, fam, you know what? I remember that, too. Well, what if, what, what if it's really the people who never really went to college? That's exactly who it is. Or and it's the people that were privileged enough to have their college ways paid for them. Now, ooh, ooh, now you, now you done hit a point. I like that. I like that second point because I feel like if, if people understood, if people, most people say 90% of people went to college, right? They all would know how it feels about not being able to finish, wanting to give up day in, day out. So I feel like J.R. Smith, take this opportunity. Make it the best of it. He is. He's living, he living like is. you're living like you're like you're 17, 18 again. I hope he's living on campus. I, in the dorms. I hope he's living on I said what I said. Hey, Somebody man. asked him, was he gonna join the intramural basketball team? He said facts. I said absolutely he absolutely. needs to. Absolutely. Have fun. Y'all need to let him y'all the first football game. Y'all need to let him run out the flag. I don't care. Hey. <laughs> Bring him into the campus. I'm serious. Let him run I'm out very the serious. flag, all of that. Have fun. Throw parties. Let, let him, him read the menu be. for the dining commons. I'm dead ass. I'm very serious. Make him a part of the campus. You think they got a dining commons all out there? Absolutely they do. J.R. Smith was open on Twitter, and, he's, and they, somebody asked, was he going to go to the dining, dining commons for meals? He said, no. I need to learn how to cook. He said, I'm too old not to know how to cook. Why do we want this athletes to be honest, and then when they're honest, we use it against them? That's a great question. He never had to be in a position where he cooked for himself. No, he, you come do it for me. His chef, he he would have a chef. Fam, what are we talking about? <laughs> like, like now he's trying to learn these necessities. Shout out to Jr. Smith. And like I said before, and I, best, on top of the man. fact that best, I met Jr. in high school, and I told you, I said it before, Jr. is one of the so most solid people that I've even encountered. You've so a lot, a lot of people are talking about a person that, if you met him, you probably like the guy. First of all, half of those people aren't going to say those exact same words that they said on social media in person. No doubt. 
That's one. Second, if they see JR, they're going to be like, oh, can I get at your signature? Can I get your autograph? Can I get a picture with you? Yeah. And I got super am- animated about that point because as a person who. As you should. W- all of us here at UNLV <laughs> like, or here what? at Talk That Talk Media, I'm very, very proud of us. All of us are UNLV graduates. All of us have different stories. Um, if you followed this show, you've learned kind of about our stories as they went. But as a person who suffered a torn Achilles during his college run, suffered an eviction during his college run, and didn't talk to really anybody outside of my Uncle Wayne, my Auntie Lisa, and my brother, of course my parents never left me. Aside from that, like fam, when you start to hear these outside entities talk, Hmm. <laughs> you gotta watch them. <laughs> Don't care. I always tell you guys, trust the source from which it comes. When I hear certain people talk, I just look at them and go, hmm. Because you're commenting for one, one of a few reasons. Either your experience, you coasted, and we can, we can analyze why you coasted. You never did it, because you never could. Never did it or you never you did it because you didn't want to so you're trying to take somebody else off of the path regardless of the reason as a person who i'm sure much like anybody who's going to college you look back at certain people that told you certain things and was like you ain't want me to finish that's what it was drop the mic Drop the mic. You didn't want me to finish. Not that you didn't think I could. You didn't want me to. Because you didn't do it. So you don't want me to finish because I would do it. It's a lot easier to look at J.R. Smith as Henny Smith. And J.R. Smith, and I've said this on the show before, J.R. Smith came out years ago and said, I don't even drink Hennessy. I just think it's funny. He said he's a tequila guy. And I honestly think it's funny, too, which is it it still has a ring to it. So regardless of the fact, like, He's he's been open about it before. He's he's he said what he said about the jokes. I just think that it's pretty it's it's easier for a lot of people to look at him, all the tattoos, the YM on his neck. Yes, let's talk about OJR, the YM on his neck when everybody questioned about why he did it until Lil Wayne was like, because he's young money. That's why he did it. And then everybody was like, well, well, I mean, well, I mean, well, he's, he's still a basketball player. Why is he getting rapper tattoos? Like, why does it concern you? It shouldn't concern. But it's a lot easier anybody. to remember J.R. Smith in that bubble, as opposed to if J.R. Smith is now a college graduate from NCANT. And the funny thing is, even when J.R. Smith, if he does, cause I don't even know if he wants to do it, if J.R. Smith becomes a graduate from North Carolina A&T, everybody's gonna say, oh well, I mean, he, he golfed. Like, he got like a. A, a athlete graduation like i mean well did he really go to class like was he really like fam they're gonna think of did tom brady really deflate them balls let's talk <laughs> about it <laughs> they're gonna think of athletes like 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 all the other like the regular students do does lebron mm-hmm. take steroids let's talk yeah. about it when you hear him in the classroom and be like oh well the athletes got this the athletes they don't have does mariano rivera did mariano rivera use too much pine tar on his glove like fam you can go to all of the goats and be like he did this because he's this Cool. Cool. Ah. So it's like you you you're gonna have something somebody that says something about everything, and I use all of these high sports references for a reason because you don't know if J.R. Smith 
that being a college graduate may rank higher than him to being an NBA champion. And he's getting nothing but hate from social media. Fam, some of you guys need to shut up. You don't know where that ranks on his on his on his bucket list. It's just like it's just like Iman Shumpert. He got a whole bunch of hate too. After yeah. his NBA career, he started rapping, making music. Maybe even maybe even more mad when you're good at it. I think that's what it is. Cause Shump can go. Cause it's like it's like more so you're good at it, you can do it. So then when they see you being successful at two different things, they don't like it. And by the way, LeBron James spends a million dollars on his body every year. And I think Russell Wilson does, like, close to the same amount. That means Russell Wilson may play till he's about 45, and LeBron may never stop playing. Like, this is this is I, unbelievable. I, I seen that the other day, too. But I'm like, think about that every year. LeBron is now a billionaire. He's been a billionaire. Been a billionaire. But... <laughs> One million dollars towards his body every year. So that means he has a nutritionist. He has all this training. He has every necessity that he needs to be the best, one of the best players in the NBA. If not the best. If um, not the best. So, hey. Man, hour number two. Take care of your health. That's what that means. Even if you got to <laughs> spend a million dollars. And take care of your mental as well. You dig. J.R. Smith, we supporting you out here, fam. Uh, hour number two coming up. We're going to talk a lot of football. We're going to talk a lot of local news. And, Dad, I'm sorry to inform you. Every time I look up at this screen, the league gets bigger for the Jacksonville Jaguars. (laughs) Come join us for hour number two. Talk that talk. Stay tuned. Every time. Talk that talk radio show records twice weekly from the beautiful Westgate, Las Vegas, Resort and Casino. From the largest Superbook in the world for over 50 years. This hotel was the largest in the world for nearly a decade. If you guys want to be a part of this illustrious history here at Westgate. Please come visit us at 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. Once again, that address is 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. Um, you got me in the middle. <laughs> you got me in the middle telling you something. But I told you we were starting <laughs> the stream. Like When we start the stream, you got to give it like buffer time. It's like, yeah, you got to give it buffer time. I, see um, I just I tried to hide it on my face. I just... And I don't even want to say men. Football lovers, we just love football. Preseason football is really bad. It's really bad to watch. It's really bad, bro. I'm watching this Cowboy drive, and then they just score, and it's yeah. it's still a bad drive. Like, it was really ugly to watch. I, I pre- it's because it's the second, third, fourth, and – and below strings that and below, <laughs> you know they're not even they might they might not even see that field again. That's why it's so that bad. That catch was nice. You know, it's Jeez. it's their opportunity to make you know what I'm saying themselves look good to at least get on the field, but they're not gonna they're not really gonna get on the field until they do. Um, special teams. Speaking of, speaking of that's a spot. Speaking of uh, what <laughs> I don't know where we went off the rails. Um, the Raiders and the San Francisco 49ers are beginning their uh, warm-ups, their final warm-ups before kickoff here. I shouldn't say here because they're not in Vegas. They're in Santa Clara. But our second hour, we're going to talk some local news. We're actually going to start with some football, but we're not starting with the Raiders just yet. 
we're actually starting with UNLV football. Now, I appreciate it, but I probably shouldn't have said but, but eh. while I appreciate it, I didn't send this to the group last night because I, I, I literally sat there and just stared at the email and was like, it's never been this easy. Now, like I said, once again, I'm going to say it again. While I appreciate it, we've documented on this show how when we left UNLV huh. and we started our own media company <laughs> and we began working for ourselves. Nice catch. Hey, I might just have to hold on to it. We were given the cold shoulder by our campus. Oh, man. They didn't want nothing to do with us. So much so to the point to where we didn't cover last season's football team. Sure didn't. Weren't and able to. when Tyler Bischoff tweeted that UNLV hadn't won a game on campus in 366 days, I reiterated on this show, that was the last game I covered. Now, we talk about my narcissism all the time. That was full-blown narcissism. Yeah. I'm not saying that I'm the reason why you guys have lost. However, if we all love sports, we all believe in sports theories, right? <laughs> we all so believe in superstitions, right? If you're going with that, did they win that last game? I'm just saying. All I'm saying is they didn't win a game until I came. All right, man. Hey, man. Hey, hey. I don't think they won a home game while I was gone. Hey. All I'm saying is. Was you there that last home game? Hey, man. You talking about for UNLV football? Yeah. I haven't seen a UNLV football game since 2019. So, I say all of that to say this. <laughs> so, I say all of that to say this. When I was told that me being the point of contact and the editor-in-chief for the media company would not work, and I said, cool, that's beautiful. First of all, I need you to give me that in writing, which I know you would never do. And then number two, tell me why... A business owner who graduated from this campus won't be able to conduct his business on this campus. And then a couple weeks went by, and I heard nothing. And it sucks that I had to reach out to Desiree Reed Francois. Shout out. She's a Missouri product. Now, I shouldn't say product, but she's a Missouri uh, I don't want to say Missouri property either because it sounds no. like it, it is sports-based, but it's it like is. she belongs to Missouri now. Let me just go ahead and say that. There you go. But and, uh, it didn't even reach her desk. We got to the assistant. She looked at the email chain and said, yeah, they just stopped responding to you. I said, yeah, they did, didn't they? <laughs> and then all of a sudden we get an email to the media company that says, hey, um, we have further chance to review uh, your company, which, by the way, I had sent you everything, so you reviewed it already, but that's neither here nor there. We can, we can offer you one credential, whatever the case may be. I'm not sure if the one was supposed to, like, throw me off and I was supposed to go up in arms. One, what do you mean? You're limiting me. I didn't do that either. I said, cool, fam, whatever, whatever works. I reached out last night for a UNLV season football credential. Can you guess what the response was? No. Yes. We already made you one. Really? 
Clearly. But as I said before, as I said before, this is what happens when they realize you won't go away. I'm not going away. Then you shouldn't go away. I mean, we went to UNLV. Why wouldn't we cover UNLV? Like I said, man, UNLV looked a lot worse for us not being in the building than we looked for not being in the building. So, like I said, while I appreciate the response, it does seem like that was done and maybe whatever that would make, I don't know what what lies in the future, but it seems like an apology will never happen. I'm not fishing for it, but it seems like an apology will never happen, and things like that probably will, where it's just like, yeah, well, we'll take care of you. We'll ch- nah. Why so accommodating now? Like, even when I went there, it was hell. You want to know why? Because look where we are now without them. That's, that's all I'm saying. Maybe look at where we issue. are now without them. And right now, what it is is, okay, we know we're not going to apologize, but this is what we can do. Let's go ahead and give them the credential. Let them cover the games and also see where it goes. It's because if they blow up, we're going to need them. Talk about it. But I also think it's a little funny that it's hard to, to look at or to be a winless football team. And this is what's so funny because I said this before. Marcus Arroyo, if he heard us talk, he probably thinks I hate him. I've never talked to him. Like, well, I shouldn't say that. I talked to him once, but I've never really had a sit-down conversation with him. But what I am doing is stating the facts. They are, it's kind of hard for a winless football team to discredit a media company that just got through covering the U.S. Olympics or just got through covering the Olympics for Team USA Basketball. It's just a little difficult. It's just a little difficult to say it, that we're it, not a media company and we're covering or international sport. Not even that, or that we can't have the opportunity to. That's the bigger picture. Forget the opportunity because like, we made it happen. So, hey, again, the first, two, first 10 minutes of this, of this uh, second hour was a little rancid, but that's exactly what we wanted to do because, as we said before, we thrive on authenticity here, and we told you guys about the beginning of the story, so there was no way we weren't going to update you guys on it. As I said before, shout out to UNLV for doing it. Um, Appreciate you. <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> um, <laughs> appreciate you. Yeah, and now we'll now we'll see what UNLV football looks like because their season officially begins on Thursday against Eastern Washington. Their Eastern Washington is number eleven in the FCS, so this may not seem like a big game, but this is a big game for UNLV. And um, why wouldn't it seem like a big game? Because on paper, it's UNLV and Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington. Man, Eastern Washington has played some great football teams in the past 12 years. And I'm going to say 12 because they've played Oregon multiple times. They've played the Pac-12 multiple times. So, I'm just saying, they can play some incredible football. Now, is this a great matchup for UNLV? Absolutely it is. It is a great test. To I was worried. I was waiting for absolutely bring. not. Okay. <laughs> nah, it, it absolutely is. It's, it's gonna it's gonna see what UNLV can bring to the table against somebody who's actually good, who can play against big schools. I just wanna. You, I'm gonna let you finish your UNLV point because you got this whole segment. But a lot of people looked at that and said the exact same thing. Well, the exact opposite thing about Howard. 
And they said this is a bad football team. They got Kalen Newton. He's he's what they have, X, Y, Z. And then exactly that. Kalen Newton, pretty much by himself, torched UNLV. But see, so if that was a bad football team, this good football team, how am I supposed to feel? And another thing with that is that you bring up with the with the uh, with Howard is nobody looks at Howard as a football program. Nobody looks at them at any as anything outside of an HBCU. A lot of people, and that's a mistake. And that's a mistake. And they look at them as um, I want to say not not just drummers, but like music wise band, band. acting. They look at them as the just band. And that to me is beyond crazy because Howard, any HBCU is all about sports, education, all the above. The thing is, is they felt like UNLV was just going to dominate an HBCU, and that's not how it works. <laughs> and I think they showed a lot of people that. So uh, this this Raider and 49er game has kicked off. We'll, we'll update you guys kind of as it happens. Um, you're good. Oh, I was just going to say the TV, but. No, yeah, because the Cowboy game went off, so yeah. we'll get to it in a second. But Whenever one of us gets into a long-winded topic, the other one can go change it. I got you. I got this one. But it's like um, UNLV, I feel Marcus is going to show that this year he can do it. He can get the job done. I was really high he on did. him his first year in. At first year did not look good. But on the it way did. in, I, I was excited about it. His first year only didn't look good because of the protocols and what needed to be done and what hadn't what what wasn't done. If you run out of stuff to talk about, so talk about the quarterback uh, situation too. I'm going to go change. So it's it's kind of like, you know, I again, year 2, this is going to be the stint of where he shows that he can run a program and win. Okay? It doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be Oregon oriented. It doesn't have to bring that that formation over the, over here to to the uh, Mountain West, okay? That's number one. Number two is I'm ready to see this electrifying offense that UNLV has, okay? Now, there's there's a lot of hearsay, say because a lot of players have left. A lot of good players have left. A lot of their number ones and number two go-to players have left the program and went elsewhere. This offense has not just not not to say replace, but they've put in players in them spots to make them the number one and number twos. Okay, you're gonna have big years by the seniors. Uh Chuck, Charles, Charles, Chuck Williams. Okay, just celebrate his birthday. Happy birthday. You know what I'm saying? Um he's gonna have a big year. Um I want to say the quarterback situation is 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 crazy. So you got a lot of quarterbacks in there, right? Now I've told Terrell that I'm really big on Tate Martell. Okay, I watched him my I watched him my years of high school uh, because of you know he went to Gorman. Obviously, everybody wants to watch Gorman, but anyways, that's near it's near it's near anything. Quarterback went to Ohio State, transferred to Miami. Now is transferred to UNLV. He should be the starting quarterback. Just going to put that out there. He should be starting. If UNLV wants to win a lot more games than what they have in the past years, start this quarterback. Let him guide you to a win. Yes, I do get it. You already got your quarterback that you want at the starting position. 
Do we know that? No, we don't. But you're not going to just grab somebody that you just got transferred to your team and make them automatically start a quarterback. You know how that locker room is going to shape up. We've been there before. Honestly, we've been there. We've been there in that locker room before. But pause. We don't know that. Only reason why I say that is because we do not know that there's not a bone in and I said this about ironically enough we're talking about uh football but let's talk about Kyle Shanahan for a second Jimmy Garoppolo is starting this game and we're gonna see Trey Lance in this game I told you guys and I've said it regardless of what everybody says about Jimmy Garoppolo's record as a starter I think it's amazing as a starter if Trey Lance gives Kyle Shanahan the best chance to win in week one Trey Lance is gonna be starting under center and I think whoever is the the best opportunity for Marcus Arroyo to win, he's going to start that person. I think the only issue is that he may not know. So you think he go he goes and do what he did last I last think he season. does. <laughs> I told you, I was so worried when he said a couple weeks ago, that maybe last week, that he's not opposed to running a two-quarterback system but he would like – it would be more ideal, I believe, for somebody to stand out than don't give the opportunity for a two-man job. Say that it's somebody needs to win this job. Somebody needs to win a job. And don't go changing a quarterback every game. You're going to throw your whole team out of rhythm. Max started every game and only finished how many out of the six? Four out of the six? Four out of the six. Three out of the six, maybe? Let me see. But he was removed from every single one of those games. <laughs> like, don't get it twisted. The four games that he finished, he didn't start and finish. Like, and play everything in between. Like, there were moments where he didn't play in between. And we played two quarterbacks in between. So, as I said before, we're, we're going to see what UNLV does. Um, I, and, and purposefully, I've ignored this offseason in terms of the practices. And, I mean, it's probably what he wanted anyway in terms of Marcus Arroyo uh, making practices close to the media and things like that, he I'm pretty sure he's going to want some questions coming into this. We we're unsure about what we're going to see. And like I said, a lot of coaches may feel that way because they're ready to hit you in the mouth. That could be him. Or it could be for some, some, some sadder reasons that maybe he's not giving anybody any answers because he doesn't have any answers yet. Um, but we shall see September 2nd. That is on Thursday. We'll see how this team looks at Allegiant Stadium against Eastern Washington. I'm excited to see it go down. Um, let's talk Raiders. Let's talk Raiders while it's on right now. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo just scrambled for a touchdown. The Raiders are down 7 and nothing. They are 2-0 and in this preseason. We are looking at the last preseason week. Only three preseason preseason weeks this time around. The Raiders have started Nathan Peterman and played Nathan Peterman in every single game so far. There has been no other quarterback for the Raiders. Um, you and me talked a, b- a little bit about it last week in terms of the reason why that may be. Uh, obviously, Derek Carr is going to be your starter. Here's where, the, where, here's where the juicy part comes in. Marcus Arroyo has – Marcus Arroyo. Marcus Mariota hasn't played this preseason either. He is available in this situation as in an emergency backup role. 
However, there have been some talks about injuries to Marcus Mariota. Maybe he's, he's dealing with something behind the scenes. I believe I have – I gave you two or three different scenarios that it could be. I said I believe that one of two things about John Gruden for sure. Either he's going to run the two-quarterback system, which I don't think he'll lean towards. And because I don't think he'll lean towards it, this is where I believe I he's kind of let this be open and known. If Derek Carr does not perform in the first three or four weeks, plain and simple, I can see him getting benched. I can see him becoming the backup for Marcus Mariota. And then, of course, the third and probably most viable option, he's waiting for quarterbacks around the league to start dropping off, and Marcus Mariota will be used as a valuable trade chip. He's probably not going to play good until – Who? Or well, who's not playing well? Derek Carr might not play good until the third game of the season. I'm looking at number four. Maybe the first three might be rough. Uh, he got the Dolphins that third one. Yeah, I'll say what I said. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I still said what I said. I mean, it's it's going to be the – and then that's going to be the question. Do you make that call? Do you make that decision three, four games in, and you're going against True. the top ten, top 15 defenses of the league? In the first three, four weeks, do you make that call right there, or do you wait till like week six to where you know you're halfway? If this there? is your first year with Derek Carr, maybe you don't make the move, but he knows what he has in Derek Carr. That's true, and I've made the argument as well in terms of touchdown and interception ratio. I know people talk about his fumbling and people talk about his inability to get out of the pocket. All of those things may be cool in terms of touchdown and interception ratio. I believe since 2017, maybe 2018. I think it's 2017. There's Aaron Rodgers. There's Patrick Mahomes. And I always tell people, who's number three? And everybody always looks around. Uh, Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan, uh, Jared Goff. The answer is Derek Carr. Whoever said those three names, stop watching football. I'm just telling you. The things that I hear, I look at them and I'm like, no, it's Derek Carr. <laughs> like, Derek Carr. <laughs> like, I told my dad last year, like, there was a point last year where I looked up and I think Derek Carr had, like, 28 touchdowns and, like, four interceptions. I looked at my dad and was like, fam, why is the city saying bring somebody else in here? I said, I think the city is going to have to experience a middle-of-the-pack quarterback, and they're going to have to pull their hair out. I said, because they don't know what it's like to play with a quarterback who throws 20 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. They don't know what that is yet. They don't know Joe Flacco. They might. <laughs> they might soon. They better relax. Um, I'm saying the way the Eagles is trading for quarterbacks. I mean, and let's talk about that really quick because that's obviously where we were going with it. Uh, before we get off the Raiders, the Raiders will open their season from Allegiant Stadium the proper way it's supposed to be done on Monday, September 13th. Against the best team in the world. Oh, I had to put the emphasis on that. Sorry. I almost snatched everything off the table. <laughs> um, against the Baltimore Ravens. Next topic. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars because the more and the more moves that get made, Urban Meyer's going to be in Jacksonville for a year. Not even a year. He'll make the year. You think he'll make the year? I mean, he's I done too much for football. I granted it's not professional football, but he's done too much for football and. Have to, okay, some I people will probably say he did 
damage to, to, to college football too. They'll let him be there for it for to finish out the season. Bam, you're right. It, I he's don't know. gone because if they're winless through eight weeks, is he there? No. Actually, as a matter of fact, he is Hell, there. Hell, man, I think he might be. He, he is there because they're gonna just. There's not gonna be anybody they wanna they wanna hire. It's not. It's not gonna be about that. It would be next man in line. If you fire your coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, tight ends coach, quarterback coach, somebody's gonna put on Some, his essay. Somebody's gonna have to, but they're not gonna have anybody else that they're gonna want to hire for that position. No, who's gonna? What coach you know is gonna want to take that head coaching job of the Jacksonville Jaguars? As long as Trevor Lawrence is the quarterback, I could think of a couple. Um, what do you? Never mind. Um, Go ahead. Trevor Lawrence. Yep. Is their quarterback? He's their starting quarterback. Uh, only reason why we know that is because Urban Meyer has come out and said that Trevor Lawrence will be his starting quarterback. I get starting your number one guy out of the gate. I get wanting to start your number one guy out of the gate. That's what he was drafted for. Yeah, but pick. you're not designed to protect him right now. So why are you doing that? Um, Urban Meyer's doing it because Urban Meyer's feel like if he loses – and let, let's be honest. I feel like Urban Meyer feels like he has a year. Not that his back is against the wall, but he knows that his team is bad, and he's learning on the fly. So I feel like he couldn't risk going 6-10 and 10 and losing his job, but Trevor Lawrence starts the last two games of the year. I feel like he was like, whatever. Like, he's obviously going down with the ship. But I feel like he's looking at the situation by saying, whatever happens – it's gonna happen to Trevor. Uh, that, but I'll, this is where I'll start to see is I feel like there's no other quarterback to learn from being in NFL for Trevor than to learn from himself. Get it? Minshew was there before him and has been playing well for it's the not Jaguars. Even about learning from him. But that's where I think it is. I think it's really about the learning uh, experience because if you think about it, Lamar Jackson didn't start till we were in playoffs. Or two games getting with close two, to two, it. two games going into playoffs, and he was sitting behind Joe Flacco. Patrick Mahomes was sitting was behind Alex Smith. Sitting behind Alex Smith. And then when he gets in, it's a it's a whole new whole new atmosphere. Nobody that you named is the number one overall pick, though. Granted, but see that's the only thing too. Like very rarely do you go to a situation unless like. Big Ben, and, and of course, it's just impossible to happen because Mike Tomlin is the coach that he is. But if Big Ben went down with his elbow injury a couple of years ago and they were 2-14, and 14, and then you get a quarterback that's the number one overall pick possibly and you're looking at Big Ben like, well, you're going to have to sit under him for two years. It's not the same situation in Jacksonville. I understand that. That's why I don't think it's about learning for me. For me, it's more about protection. If Trevor Lawrence gets the Joe Burrow treatment, knock on wood, from last year – where are we at in this? Uh, uh, okay. Why are we throwing him to the wolves? It's not like he looks great. I've said this before. Zach Wilson, he looks good. He looks damn good for New York. It looks like he's going to be coached up right. Trevor, or excuse me, Trey Lance is somebody that I've looked at in this first round and said, I'm starting him week one. I'm starting Trey Lance. If I'm Kyle Shanahan, if I'm anybody in that front office, I'm saying, yo. I would start Trey Lance. Now, none of those teams are the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
with their offensive line troubles, I believe Urban Myers understands that he will not have the duration, the full duration of his contract. So he needs to get Trevor in there now. Now, we just talked and, uh, and broke down his decision to start Trevor Lawrence. I wouldn't even be so mad at it if you didn't double down and trade Gardner Minshew to the Philadelphia Eagles for a six-round pick. I have no idea what these two teams are doing, honestly. Philly has been trying to get a quarterback for the past four or five years. They have Jalen Hurts. They don't believe in him, which is why they went and got Joe Flacco and Minshew. (laughs) Time out. Wait a minute. They went and got Joe Flacco because Joe Flacco has a Super Bowl ring. And if nothing else, he can teach <laughs> Jalen Hurts how to be a professional. He can teach him how to how he goes about pre- how he goes about preparing. He can teach him maybe a couple of different things. I don't think they got Joe Flacco to compete for a starting job. I don't think they got Gardner Minshew to compete for a starting job. I think they did. Remember what he said. Rent is due every day. <laughs> and he don't plan on missing a payment, which is why I don't feel like he's not going to start any game, barring injury, this season. Jalen Hurts is going to start all 16 games, 17 games, excuse me, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, like I said, I don't even want to talk about why the Eagles have three quarterbacks back there that probably all can start somewhere the way Joe Flacco looked this preseason. Let's talk about why Urban Meyer got rid of his safety net. So now Let's he has, regardless it. of what happens with Trevor Lawrence, what am I going to do? Start J- start Jake Luton? Nah, and I hope I'm not pronouncing his name wrong. You ready? You bring in Tim Tebow. <laughs> <laughs> Duna, I'm going to. Oh. Duna. I am. Listen, it is frustrating that they are sitting here. They're not going to bring in. They're not going to bring him in. Doing this to themselves. He just built his body for a full summer to try to become a tight end. He's not going to go play you know and how you know they just traded away their backup just in case anything was to happen to Trevor. And I hope I'm not wrong, but Luden has looked good this preseason. But I don't know that it matters, Minchu bro. Has, You're starting a rookie. Minchu has been, man, he, he has this this swagger about himself. The team likes him. He has been winning in Jacksonville. Some games. Not all the games, but he, but he has that. He 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 has been winning, and my here's my frustration is he you can go win. and trade him to the Philadelphia Eagles when you know you're going to need him if God forbid, like you said, the Joe Burrow treatment happens. More than that, it's not even it's not even just that. You cannot, or Urban Meyer can't tell anybody, I believe, that he did it in benefit of Gardner Minshew either because you didn't send him to a place where I feel like he can start. Now, I don't know what Atlanta was offering. Atlanta just lost A.J. McCarron. I don't know who they signed as a backup quarterback since then, but Gardner Minshew's probably better than him. And if Matt Ryan doesn't look good with Kyle Pitts, I can see Matt Ryan getting benched halfway throughout the year. Or traded. 
So you didn't send him to a place where he's going to get an, um, an automatic opportunity to compete for a starting job right now. Jalen Hurts is going to be their starter, their starter week one, week two, week three, week four. We probably won't be questioning it until we're probably getting the double digits if Jalen Hurts is playing horrific. And I don't even think that's going to happen. And that's a big if. I have a lot of opinions on this, and I'm going to keep them all to myself because none of them sound very good, and I'll let Jake Paul have them earlier. And <laughs> this is just – and like I said before, this is all white guys that I just mentioned. So it's not a racism thing. It's not a racist thing. But the thing that I was going to say was probably going to ruffle a lot of feathers because when everybody began to question why Urban Meyer got this job to begin with, those people are starting to get a lot more ammunition. It looks like Urban Meyer has no clue what, what he's, he's doing. doing. This ain't this ain't the college. This ain't college. It looks like Urban Meyer. And this is what they mean by there's a difference between college and pro. They're normally talking to players. That normal <laughs> normally <laughs> normally now as a now as a head coach. I mean. It's whatever you hey want it to man. be at this point. Well, it's the second head coach that everybody's been talking about. Jim Harbaugh still is one of them until Michigan turns that program around. We'll see. Um, Two other topics in local news, and I think that's perfect for this last 30 minutes of the show that we have. Let's talk about the Las Vegas Aces, who have bounced back to winning back-to-back games, both on the road, at Atlanta and in Indiana. They beat the Atlanta Dream on a row by seven, and then they went up to Indiana and beat the Fever by 16. So as soon as I wanted to get excited about this, you know the first thing I thought about doing? Duh. These are the worst two teams in the league. Hey, look at the excitement that I uh, – what did I tell hey, man. you on Wednesday? What did I tell you on Wednesday? You can't script it no better than this. You just can't. Script what? The, like – what I told you on Wednesday, I told you Wednesday that they're going to play the good teams like they're average. And then they're going to play against the worst teams. We're not doing this. And get those wins. I'm not doing this. As a, yeah. with, a, with a team that's 19-7, and seven, I'm not going to do that. Um, I will say they've had their issues that they've had. I, I guess you could say it's with those with – those, uh, top tier teams, but I'm going to try to get a little more specific and on those bigger teams or on those uh, more top tier teams, they have Brittany Griners. They have in previous seasons, they've had Alyssa Thomas. They have Sylvia Fowles. They have John Quill Jones. They have Brianna Stewart. I'm naming bigs that give the aces problems. Elena Deladon. Elena Deladon. So, she cooked them. Candace Parker. So, but it's not like we don't have bigs that can. I'm not saying that we don't. But what I'm saying is, I'm not letting you give me the excuse anymore of oh they're playing down to. Yeah, no, I got you. No, we're not doing you. that anymore. Right, absolutely. This is a team that. All right. Okay. I'm I got trying you. not to go too too far, but this is a team that, in my opinion, can lose. Five games in a full season. I look at this team's talent and I'm like, fam, 
I look at seven, eight losses in a year, in a full season, and I may look at this roster and say, that's too much. That's a little too much. I, I you guys know. are you guys look great and with their high their high moments are out of this world. Their Absolutely. low moments baffle the hell out of me. One hundred percent. And here's another thing is you know, three of those losses three out of those seven losses are from one team. Yeah. So two of those losses you could it's only a handful of teams that beat this Aces team. Between the Minnesota Lynx and the – all of their losses are from three teams, first of all. But the Minnesota Lynx and uh, the Connecticut Sun, that's five losses. They also lost two to the Mercury. There's their losses. And like I've said before, you look at this Connecticut series, oh, man, season series, they lose 3 nothing. Yeah. And then they play Minnesota, they lose two. Yeah. And then they play Phoenix and they lose two. Yeah, I'm worried because this is the sport where you play a series. So you don't have not one win against the Connecticut Sun. Nope. That may be a problem. That may be a problem come September, October. So I know I'm making this this huge deal about this team after is, two back-to-back wins, but I'm not going to give is, them the most credit for a, beating the two worst teams in the league. It's not a it's not a huge deal. It's facts. That's the thing. It's facts. And I'm glad you see it, and you don't think that I was being harsh on the Aces or that I was being harsh on Liz Campbell. I don't think anybody is harsher than Bill Linder. So uh, that's true. What I'm saying is if you can't guard Brittany Grinder. Ask for start the double team, start the trap. That there is a pride aspect and element that goes into that, and also, I'm not even gonna hold you, bro. I'm gonna say something that Bill and Beer is not gonna like. Brittany Griner is Brittany Griner. You're right. Liz Cambage probably should make it a little more difficult for her. Even when she doesn't, I've said this before. I need more than five rebounds. I just need more. I when I look at Asia go up. And have 20 and 14, 22 and 15. I look at Liz and be like, dog, I swear you should walk into a 20 and 10. You should just walk and do it. You should be walking into a 30 and 20. I think she's that dominant. No, walking into it? No, she's not going to walk into that. She <laughs> may get that. But she should walk into a 20 she, and 10. She, she should walk into that, but here's the thing. John Quill Jones does. This is, this is, but here's the thing of what she said. I'm, I'm gonna, this is what she said on LeBron James Show the Shop. People would want her to be Shaq, but she wants to be Kobe. Instead of watching Shaq highlights, she was watching Kobe highlights. Granted, everybody wants to be Kobe no matter the size. No matter the... I love Bean, and God bless the dead. I would look Liz Cambage in the face and say, cool. Does your game model more after Shaq or Kobe? And to your answer of, oh, everybody wants to play like Kobe. No, not necessarily. Giannis doesn't want to play like Kobe. Nikola Jokic doesn't want to play like Kobe. Even when I watch Luka play, 
He doesn't play like Kobe. There's a lot of players that put their stamps on the league that don't play like Kobe. You do have your Kyrie's. You, you do have, have your, you know Devin what I mean? You do Booker's, have your, your, your book. Exactly. exactly. Your DeMar DeRozan. So you do have your Kobe influence that's all over the league. WNBA. You look at, you, let's go to the WNBA. Look at Jewel Lloyd. All I see is Kobe. Hey, but here's my thing is, instead of looking at Kobe highlights. None of those people that I just named are 6'8". Exactly. You're you're 6'8". You're a 6'8 center. Who is one of the only two players in WNBA history to score 50 points in a game? You are a 6'8 center. You're not a 6'6 shooting guard. Or, if that's what she wants to do, don't even watch NBA tape anymore. Go watch John Quill Jones. All day. And become a and become a pick and pop five like her. All day. Then do that. And I love Liz. Like, I've I've been very vocal about just my infatuation with Liz because I have a thing with honesty. You're honest? I talked I think I told DeMar DeRozan to his face. Thanks for what you did in terms of just opening up, because you don't know what that did for everybody else. Exactly. Just in general, like, it's a certain level of comfort that you have to have to be that honest with the world. And I'll forever love DeMar DeRozan and Kevin Love and Liz Cambage for doing stuff like that. Naomi Osaka as well. We could, The list goes on and on and on. But these are the athletes that I, I hearken back to and I credit for moments like that. But in that same regard, I feel like you still got to hold people accountable. Liz Campage, you are 6'8". You are 6'8". And you eight. are dominant. Yeah. If you don't want to be in the paint, I don't know what to tell you. I, that's one, that's the thing. is like At this point, you got to become a big and pop five. So you got to switch up. You got to switch up what you're watching. And, and if you think about the players that she's guarding, like such as Brittany Griner, they play like Shaq. Not even that. Brittany Griner, in, for, in her defense, she said she could beat uh, uh, DeMarcus Cousins in, in a one-on-one, and I disagreed at the moment, and I disagreed <laughs> now. DeMarcus <laughs> Cousins, man. That's Boogie, man. Bo- <laughs> that's Boogie. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of Boogie, the Raiders don't have much Boogie at this present moment. The Raiders are down 14 and nothing to the San Francisco 49ers. Um, but Brittany Griner plays more like Boogie. Brittany Griner will back you down. She'll, she'll kind of – Fade away. John Quill Jones, I know we're comparing to, to NBA players, but I look at John Quill Jones and I think about a Joel Embiid. I look at somebody who's going to get the ball at the top of the key and you're looking at her triple threat and you're like, fam, I kind of want her to take this three. But it's like, then I kind of don't. So I'm just saying if Liz Cambage does not want to be that dominant Shaq like player, cool. But what are you going to be? That's, and that's because she does she seem, now that she said that, she does look like right now that she's thinking too much. We said that earlier in the year. She's thinking too much, and especially with Asia continuing to, to, to assert her dominance, I'm sure Liz is like, well, I can't be in the paint with her. Like, how are we going to do that? Exactly. And, again, them, them two are the ones that carry this team. No doubt. Hey, the team is full of great players. Chelsea Gray got it too. Absolutely, full of great players. 
But them two alone, Asia and Liz, carry the team. Those are the ones that everybody counts on. If can't nobody really count on Liz to be the best WNBA player that she is and can be, then what are you there for? They have uh well I'll tell you guys why I'm staring at the, the clubhouse window right now. Um about fifteen minutes from the end of the show. On Thursday, September second, my boy Torres, this team, this Las Vegas Aces team will get right back to business with their nineteen and seven record. They're currently second in the WNBA. They've already clinched the playoff spot. But on Thursday, they will begin one of back-to-back games against the Chicago Sky. This one will be at home. Tip-off is set for 7 p.m. Excuse me. And then they will be traveling to Chicago to do battle with those same Chicago Sky, and that game will take place on Sunday, which, of course, is September 5th. The reason why I just stared so hard outside of the clubhouse window it's not because of the Raider game, which I actually have on in the clubhouse now. It's not because of the horse racing, which I'm absolutely in love with. It's not because of people's reactions out here. I'm staring because I must have saved this for last on the show for a reason. Because I just watched somebody walk in here with a Tacoma Rainier hat. And I want to rip it off. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's time to let you guys know a little bit about the Las Vegas Aviators and some of their news. But the Las Vegas Aviators have hit some sort of switch because the last time they took a loss, they were 46 and 45, and that was eight games ago. So that means that this team is in the midst of an eight-game winning streak, the longest winning streak since winning nine back in August of 2019. I want to reference this last game only because I brought out my, my note, my aviator notepad for this one. And the home run ball has already been the difference as of late for this team, largely in part to the acquisition and the, and the addition of Chris Davis to this lineup. We'll get to him in a second. But if you look at Friday's game, a game that was won by the Aviators 5-4, to four, they trailed 3 to nothing. They trailed 3 to nothing through the first three innings. Now, I'm mentioning this because the Las Vegas Aviators, as of late, I mentioned the Albuquerque series, the Albuquerque Isotope series, where they won five straight after losing the series opener. And they won four in come-from-behind fashion. So that means they win on Friday after trailing three to nothing. What if I told you last night that the team was trailing five to four in the bottom of the seventh inning, and then Oklahoma City hit a grand slam to go up nine to four? However, Las Vegas tallied seven hits in the top of the eighth. Four of those hits were doubles. The Aviators, after falling behind nine to four, 
turned in a six-run eighth inning and won 10-9 last night. They got that comeback season, huh? Chris Davis had an RBI double in that inning, but he also hit a solo home run in the second inning. Chris Davis has played 13 games in Las Vegas. He has nine home runs. 13 games, nine home runs. Damn good. I will say we were talking a little bit about Chris Davis and trying to anticipate what was going to happen with him. And obviously we need for the uh, athletics to – I'm sure they're watching it, of course. The athletics, they're going to – have to make a decision about that 40-man roster and probably designating somebody for assignment or outright uh, releasing somebody or placing them on outright ra- waivers because Chris Davis is not going to be in AAA hitting home runs at this rate when there's a major league team that's competing for a wild card spot. I don't see that happening for very, for very long. Um... We'll see, but uh, it's pretty good to enjoy it for right now. Um, the games will re- will resume today, or this series, I should say, will resume today. Uh, four p.m. is the is the time. Four p.m. our time, and that will take place at Oklahoma City. I'm trying to remember where they're going after this. Oh, after this, they're going to Sugarland, and you have it up. So. Good to know. Yeah. After this, they're going to Sugarland. So, the Aviators now sit with a record of fifty-four and forty-five. Yep. They're five games behind the Reno Aces, who they will welcome back to town when they get back here on September 9th. The first place Reno Aces, and of course, we're talking about the Western Division of the Triple A West. But don't hold your breath now. They're two games out of second place behind Tacoma. Celine talks about the season being such a long season in baseball. We're 99 games through. It's still a long season. We're 99 games through. Like you said, it's still a long season. Five games out of first place, two games out of uh, second. This could this could be something monumental for this team. As I said before, they're riding an eight-game win streak currently, which is their largest since August of 2019. Um, I actually, we can get out of here a little early uh, this time around. I'm trying to think if we have anything else. I wanted to make sure we mentioned J.R. Smith. I'm not mentioning Jake Paul anymore, especially right now. Um, oh, you know what we forgot to mention? Talk about it. About the Aces? Angel McCartney. McCautry. Please talk about it. Let's end on a good note. I want to say salute to her because she has came back quicker than I, I expected with an ACL injury. Um, and she got some tick time. It might have only been eight seconds, but she still was able to get some, some tick time. And I kind of think what it is is, you know, just to get the blood flowing, she how she'll be in eight seconds. Um, again, that to me is important. 
Uh, most people don't come back right away as quick as she did. She did miss the entire regular season almost. Um, and that was her first appearance back in Atlanta since leaving in 2020, yeah. and which was ju- – it, it is just last season, but that was her first appearance. Yeah, but it seems so long ago. I mean, um, I'm happy the way that they did that. We talk about – legends asking your 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 legends to retire and things like that and in in sports all the time we see legends for certain franchises get shipped other places and even martyrs of franchises even if they're not specifically a legend for that franchise a la mark andre flurry uh just a martyr in the city sometimes when you see that person get shipped off you want to see it done in a proper way Absolutely. and uh angel mccotchery for her to go ahead and sign with the aces the way that she did and to get the love that she got from atlanta um Speaks to that organization, um, speaks to the sale of that organization, and it speaks to everything she's done for that organization. No question. Speaks volumes. No question. Um, Donda dropped today, so I guess I gotta go. Man, we worried about that, out. that. We worried about that certified lover boy, man. Yeah. We like checks over stripes. This all I'm gonna say is that I'm listening to all three. Kendrick, we're waiting. Until next time, guys, which will be on Wednesday. We're breaking down UNLV football. Be ready. Until next time, guys. Take Martell. (laughs) Keep on talking. (laughs)